Hey guys, so I know that we've had a bit of radio silence over here at the Obsessive Viewer um, for the last few weeks um, after the Oscar nominee showcase episode that we did. Um, just stuff got, you know, piled up, all, all of my uh, personal stuff, my dad passing away and all that. Um, kind of just kind of uh, took some time to, to get through, so we're. I hope that you guys aren't upset that there hasn't been an episode, but we're back! And, uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone that sent me a message, um, with their condolences and all that. It meant a lot, um, because it was especially, an especially difficult, um, time recently. Um, also, I want to just say a little disclaimer that we were supposed to have a post-Oscars and Deadpool, um, review episode go up, uh, last week. Um, unfortunately, the recording had a lot of static in it. I might end up editing it and throwing it on the feed uh, sometime this week or next week um, just to have it out there since you guys have gone so long without uh, an episode. But just be forewarned that when that post comes up, it's not going to be very relevant because we go through the Oscars and all that, um, and it will be damaged audio-wise. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, so this episode is with a friend of mine, Sam, who uh, came on to talk about Fuller House. It's a lot of fun, um, and I'll get let you get to it. But first, I wanted to just say thank you to everyone, again, who offered their condolences to me, and also um, everyone that took part in our Oscars nominee episode um, a, a few weeks back. Uh, really appreciate you guys um, submitting our clips, and there's a ton of really great podcasts that uh, submitted this year. So be sure to check them out if you haven't already. Okay, so here is... Our review of Fuller House with uh, Sam Nelson, uh, first time guest on the podcast. So enjoy. This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter, and this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. And welcome to The Obsessive Viewer, where a weekly movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show, each episode. You can find back episodes at ovpodcast.com, find the blog at obsessiveviewer.com, and subscribe to the subreddit at r slash obsessiveviewer. Also, you can help support the podcast at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer, and you can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Um, that helps us out a ton. So this episode is unique in that uh, my regular co-host Tiny isn't here. He's in Washington, D.C. Uh, on vacation. So I've invited on my friend Sam. Sam, do you, do you mind if I say your last name? You can say my last name. Okay. Sam Nelson. I was trying to think of that. Oh, man. I was, trying to think of, I was trying to think of like a celebrity last name, but then I realized that, that would, I'm, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, Sam Nelson, how's it going? It's going well. I, I'm Good. excited to be here. And... Yes. Long time listener. Longish time listener. I right. mean, at least the last like four or five months. Right. Yeah. So Appreciate I, it. Yeah. So I know what's going on. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um, we met. When was when was it we met? We, we actually met in, met in Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. And how long ago was that? Was it like? Oh wait, that was uh, four years. Yeah. Four years. Yeah. Four what, years. Really? Yeah. I think it was even longer than that. Because no, I think it was four years because it was 2012. Oh. Okay. Yep. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah, no, I, I have memories that maybe I shouldn't 100% share right now, but on the <laughs> in, in the stratosphere yes. at the top. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely we, don't share that. Yeah, but yeah, we did not go on rides, so we did other things instead. Right, yep. and it was very drunk. Yep. But it was a good bonding experience. Um, it was a lot of fun. Oh, it, it was, was a great. good bonding experience. Oh, yeah. I knew I knew that I loved you from mm-hmm. from that point moving forward. Oh well, so. I knew that I enjoyed your company. Oh. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, no. Uh, so yeah, so we so we bonded then, and then we've just been pretty much friends ever since. We've yeah. done see movies, all that stuff, Absolutely. and you also work in the building I work in. Yes. Um, for the time being. For the time being. Yes. Um, announcements to come right right um so yeah uh so i've in, invited you on you're actually you we met through your basically your friendship with robert feckus right. who is frequent frequent co-host frequent guest on the podcast yeah i so i've heard him on a couple episodes and i you know i was shocked he's presentable right right well that's, i edit it down severely do you yeah, yeah. there's a oh. lot of just him just going off on really random I don't want to say racist tangents, right. but it's like something. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just really just overall hateful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. just the pure hate. Really, is the uh, yeah. It's it's just pure hate, and it's there's a whole B roll of just Feckus spouting off his. I'm sorry, just really, really extreme beliefs. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Um, well, can't control them. No, no, you can't. Um, yeah. Roy Rage is a thing. Right. So for our listeners, Beck is not. No, that's no, not true. That's he, a joke. No, no. Wonderful human being. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, best um, man at my wedding. Right. So there you right. go. That's the totally. I didn't even get an invite, but that's cool. Um, it was a. I've been married for like six years. Almost, that's true. Almost well, six years. I didn't get a retroactive yeah. invite. I don't I'm know. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, before we get so anyway, the the topic for the episode right. this week is the reason why I've asked Sam onto the podcast with me today. This was originally going to be a bonus episode that was just going to talk about Fuller House season one, because and this is not really a joke at all. But you are a massive, massive Full House fan. Yes, I I would guess that I've seen every episode of the original series. Upwards of fifteen to twenty times. That is amazing to me. It's actually really sad. It's yeah. and you know, it's one of those things. Growing up as a kid, um, WGN was mm-hmm. like the Chicago affiliate that always right. had Full House on. So I think it was from something like four to six. They'd show mm-hmm. four episodes every day, and they just cycle through from season one to season eight, right? And just go through them. And I would just watch them. I mean obsessively yeah. uh-huh. um, nice. <laughs> again and again and again. I know it had to drive my poor parents up the wall mm-hmm. to watch a show because as an adult, you watch <laughs> it and you're, you realize yeah. it's something you had to grow up with. Right. Otherwise. Ugh. Right. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get more in depth yeah, with the, uh, with the love of full house. <laughs> um, we'll talk about your tattoos and everything, <laughs> but um, it's funny just as a brief tangent, I do remember one thing about in, in Vegas when we first met, um, you, Did we you talk said, about Full House? No, no, no. We didn't oh, okay. talk about Full House, but we talked about, I think, were you originally from Evanston? Uh, around that area. Around that area, yeah. Because yeah, you said that, and then in my brain, that immediately made me think of um, my friend Mike, who is a co-host of the podcast, who's on sabbatical, mm. and uh, he used to live in Evanston, and I basically just, just asked you if you knew him and if you <laughs> knew about his band. Thank you, Jade. <laughs> so... So I, yeah, I thought you were going to connect it with the time that we did all that meth in, oh, no, in no, no, Vegas no. because right, right. Well, all the, all of the uh, the blow snoring right. off of hookers. well, I'm a methany yeah. tanner. Well, oh God, <laughs> oh, 
Oh wow! Yeah. Yes, so we'll get to that. Yeah. Also. Okay. Um. But okay. So so basically, that's the introduction to the episode. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um. So before we get to the actual topic, we do have one like news segment that I wanted to bring up. Uh, the second trailer for Captain America: Civil War came out uh, as of this recording yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, man, I'm so excited for this movie. It looks awesome. It looks so awesome, and it's funny to me because what we have this summer, and in like as of this recording, next week, the end of next week is Daredevil season two, and then mm-hmm. the week after that is Batman v Superman, and then um, right. next month is uh, I guess yeah, next month or whenever is uh, Captain America: Civil War. So we have these. Like the the previews for Daredevil season two has have pitted Daredevil against Punisher, and then there's of course Batman v Superman, the historic court case, and then uh, <laughs> and then there's Captain America and Iron Man. So it's just it's interesting to see that that's the way that yeah. kind of the superhero genre is yeah. kind of even if it's just coincidental, but it's funny that right the conflicts that between them, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then I think the Civil War trailer looks great. I'm Me too. really excited for that. Oh, yeah. um, I feel kind of opposite on that as I do about Batman v Superman, yeah. where I have just serious concerns about mm-hmm. that movie. They're just packing so much into it, and then yes, I'm I'm not buying Lex Luthor at all. <laughs> right, it's I I was I okay with his casting because I really like the yeah. Social Network. Yeah, um, but that that third second or third trailer that came out. Where he talks to them at their at the event gala uh, or whatever, no. like just the dialogue did not land. It was so awkward. It was, and his I tone of voice, everything yeah. about it just didn't work for me. Oh yeah, and just and we'll see where it goes, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. But I mean, it's gonna make an, a ridiculous amount of oh, money. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So I don't know if the studio will, like the the executives will think that. Obviously, they know that. I wonder if they'll be able to understand that that's not going to equal quality a quality movie, right? But I don't think that that's going to be the case. And who knows? It could be an amazing movie. Who knows? But um, I'm really, really going to bet that it's not going to be. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would be really surprised if it was anything other than just maybe good. Right. right. Um, I, it feels like it's really just a setup for Justice League, exactly. and it's really a shame that they're going to take a story like Batman versus Superman and really use it as nothing more than a stepping stone. Exactly. That's the big but. problem that I have with it going into it. So we'll see. But the Captain America Civil War trailer is—it's uh, really cool, and like a lot of people got super excited because um, because uh, Spider-Man appeared in mm-hmm. it. And, like, that's a huge deal. It's amazing. Right. It's very cool. But, like, as a fan of the franchise and not necessarily a comic book fan, like, I, I'm super excited to mm-hmm. see Spider-Man. But, like, as a fan of the franchise, I just – I really loved um, Captain Captain America's uh, callback line where he says, I could do this all day to Iron Man. I just thought that that was yeah. just – I can't wait for that moment yeah. in the movie because, yeah. holy crap. Um, but, yeah, it looks it looks amazing. Um yeah, so how excited what of those three things, what are you excited most excited for? Um, I'm probably most excited for Civil War. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably what I'm most excited for. I actually uh, confession here, I haven't seen the first season of Daredevil yet. Really? Yeah, it it I don't know why it got put in the back burner for me, but it has. I'm sure I bet when season two comes out, I'm probably gonna use it as an opportunity to nice. just watch one and two back to back. Right. Um kind of a similar thing with House of Cards early mm-hmm. on. So 
introduce the kid to it. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that'd be super appropriate. Right. Your yeah. eighteen month old. Right. Kid. Yeah, yeah. No, that'll be that'll be super appropriate for him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh God. So so yeah. So that's that's exciting. The Captain America Civil War trailer. So why don't we stop beating around the bush? Okay. Why don't we get down to talking about Fuller House? Sure. And again, before we do that, let's talk about Full House again. Yeah. No, I think we. I think you have to talk about the uh, eight seasons that existed before oh, yeah. it. So uh, lovely the as they were. Pilot episode aired in 1980. I'm not going to go through all of that, but um, it's uh, my relationship. To, obviously, you have a much stronger relationship yeah. with Full House. Um, but my relationship to it is that was kind of a good after school kind of throw it on while you're hanging out with friends or so i, I don't sure. remember what i did after school every time watch tv really yeah um that's i sat there and watched full house <laughs> yeah exactly um that was a good like kind of tgif kind of show too it's yeah. it, it was i absorbed a lot of episodes of it and i watched a lot in syndication and yeah it it doesn't really hold up that well no. um it, it doesn't. I've been rewatching the original, the original ones because they're on Nick and Knight now. Okay. So I've been catching those. Not um, because of the DVDs that you own, and I actually only have the first season. Really? Which is probably the crappiest, but mm-hmm. it is kind of funny in the way that it's also like the darkest seasons <laughs> right. of Full House. Because I swear, every episode ends with them talking about how their mom's dead. <laughs> Wow. Which, yeah, I don't mean to make that sound as. Oh no no no! That's I don't know. Maybe that's I do. Fine. But <laughs> every episode gets surprisingly dark at the very end. Wow. Um, but it, you know, it's it's one of those shows that, like I said, I grew up watching it. If I didn't, and I'd be watching this with fresh eyes right now, mm. I'd probably think, "What is this <laughs> show?" Right. But <laughs> but it's it's something that you know you grow. It, it's like a line in Fuller House where mm-hmm. they said where they talk about Uncle Jesse and how he's everybody's uncle. Mm-hmm. And like you watch that show and you and you like I can't look at John Stamos and not think he's Uncle Jesse. Right. And like if I met him in real life. Would I call him Uncle Jesse? I don't know. Maybe uh-huh. I could see myself slipping, but it, I, <laughs> but I, to me, it's like the memories that come up with that show. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when Jesse and Becky had the twins, and the twins were born, right. and the Flintstones party, and the spot on Jesse's Fred Flintstones costume showing where his appendix hurt. Uh-huh. See, so if you really want to go down this rabbit hole, yes, Full House trivia has always been a thing for me too. <laughs> But it, it's just one of those things. You you kind of grew up with the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, and yeah. In my case, you grew up with them every like five months because you always watch a show and repeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, what is your favorite episode from the original series oh. and least favorite episode? Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, favorite episode. I would probably go with. Um, I probably would go with the episode where the twins are born. Oh, nice! Because it's just, it's one of those just disaster episodes mm-hmm. um, where it, it's a party for I be- wow now I'm blanking on this I believe it was Michelle's party mm-hmm. and of course it's all about Michelle because these kids are the most selfish kids you've ever seen. Oh, in your absolutely! Life. Everything revolves around all of them, <laughs> and it's like Danny is well. Danny has many children, mm-hmm. and I'm going off on a tangent already here. Sure. But Danny has Michelle, mm-hmm. and he has Stephanie, and he has DJ. Yes, and then he has Joey. <laughs> and then half the time he has Jesse. Right. Because, I mean, neither one of them have jobs, really. Right. I mean, they at one point, oh, one of them's a radio host. Right. And then at one point, one of them's a comedian. And then at one point, Jesse has a band. Mm-hmm. And, but, but in between these things, I, I assume they do nothing. 
Right. Well, and then they eventually do get together and start making jingles, radio jingles. They do make radio jingles That's later, too. The one thing that I remember most from yeah. their their storylines in, right. in the original series. Yeah. But, but to go back, yeah, it was that episode where the mm-hmm. twins are born. Um, I believe Jesse sings kind of uh, high on medication to his wife while she's <laughs> giving labor, and then Danny's humming the We Will Rock You to Becky, like trying to get her breathing. In the right spot God. where the twins are being born. It's just such a disaster episode. Right. It's great. You, it, it almost holds up in the way that you can laugh at it. <laughs> um, nice. But, but yeah, Full House is really, when you look back at it, probably the most dysfunctional show you could really have. It's Right. It, I guess in a way, maybe it's every girl's dream that they have, like, oh, my uncle and my dad and my, his best friend, and they're all showing this affection to me, and it's right. how many wonderful male role models I have. But the problem is, like, <laughs> two of the three are just pieces of shit. Right. So. <laughs> they're not at all. Yeah. Wonderful. Like, yeah, your dad's great. He goes to work. He has Wake mm. Up San Francisco. That's wonderful. Well, your dad's best friend is spitting water on cars, <laughs> and that, that episode lives in infamy. And to go on another tangent real quick. Oh, absolutely. I love the fact that DJ comes down, w- sees him spitting water on the car. So what then, is the deal with well, – I, I don't remember this. Yeah, so this specific. was early on. Everybody's sad okay. about the mom dying. Right, right. You know, very sad. <laughs> so Joey's down there Because they spitting. won't shut the hell up about right, it. I know. Seriously. It's like this affected <laughs> him. So Joey's down there, and he's spitting water on a car, mm-hmm. washing it. And so – the, the impressive wow. thing is he takes a very small glass of water and spits water for a very long time. Okay. So that's impressive. How does he keep this up? <laughs> but he's trying to entertain DJ. He's washing the car and he's spitting water on it and he's making a whole big to-do about it. The thing that you don't really realize until you think about it is he was spitting water on the car long before she came down the stairs. <laughs> So this oh was, my God. This was actually just <laughs> doing what he normally does, which is spit water onto his car. And then when the kids comes downstairs and he plays it off cool. Yeah. Oh, that is amazing. It, oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. The, there's, a, there's a podcast called Everywhere You Look that basically goes yeah. through Full House um, episode by episode. And they have a running thing where they – Posit the theory that Joey Gladstone is uh, mentally disabled. <laughs> I buy it. And know. that just shines a big light in that theory. It really does. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, all, and then he kind of has like a coping mechanism with the whole Bullwinkle thing. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah Bullwinkle and split personality thing, probably. I kind of think so. Yeah. I mean, he really does three impressions the whole damn show. It's, oh, it's yeah. Bullwinkle, the J- Joe Pesci, mm-hmm. and then Mr. Woodchuck. Oh, and Popeye. Right. Excuse me. There's four. Oh, yeah. There's four. Sorry. Popeye. I forgot how many talents the man has. Right. <laughs> the Dave Couillet. Right. Um, but... Which we looked him up not that long ago. We did. Found out that he's actually a touring comedian. And we're like, right. uh, what does this guy possibly do? <laughs> and he had like four shows sold out in a row in right. Canada. So apparently Canadians are really stupid. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> that is, I agree. Yeah, that yeah. has. To, that's the only explanation. Sorry, really. Canada. I just judged you. Right. That's fine. Yeah. Um, someone, someone at work just said the. This is a small tangent, but someone at work said the killer, killer joke yeah. today. Um, do you, Do you know how Canada? How how Canadians figured out the name Canada? No. They put a bunch of letters in a hat, and they picked one out and said C A. Picked another one out N A. Picked another one out D A. So Canada. <laughs> 
Wow. Oh, I like yeah. that. I like that. Yeah. Is, is Dave Coulier Canadian? Um, that's a good question, actually. I wonder. That might, that might explain the, the love of him in Canada. Otherwise, then, yeah. it's really a mystery. Were... No. He was born in St. Clair Shores, Michigan. Ugh. Yeah. Another reason not to like Michigan. Right. right. <laughs> Thanks, Michigan. Right. Oh. Yeah. So I guess the other thing you said is what was my least favorite yes. episode? If you can pick one, because, uh, I mean. There's a lot. The greatest show of all time, really. Right. There's a lot. I would say my <laughs> least favorite episode, though, is probably the very last one. Okay. And that's where uh, Michelle gets thrown off a horse, I think, and she gets right. amnesia. And, Spoiler alert yeah. for full Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. I just saved you right. eight crappy seasons. <laughs> but, yeah, she gets thrown off a horse, gets amnesia, and it's this, of course, way for the family to rally around right. her. Um, it's also a big deal that they have both the Olsen twins at the same time because mm-hmm. at one point there's this whole scene That's where they right. are where she's talking to her, her I don't know. Her like memory, of, I think it is. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, so, yeah. And so they're both talking to each other. So that's gotcha. a big deal. Apparently, they work their way around child labor laws to do that. Jeez. So, but it, it just was a very unfulfilling way to end the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, they pretty much phoned in season five, six, seven, eight, anyway. So mm-hmm. it really wasn't too much of a surprise, I guess, at that point. And that's, I want to say that did the series end with not that not being resolved? No, she got her memory back, and Is I she, guess everybody okay. was happy. I don't know. I mean, Danny oh, okay. shouldn't have been happy. Mm-hmm. He lost, you know, his 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 woman, right, Vicky, right. lost her, and you know, it was technically because she wanted to go to Chicago. It was really because she wanted to get away from this freak show. <laughs> I mean, how would you feel? Did it if, end with them breaking up? That was, I think, in the last season, like halfway through. Really? Yeah, it was because she took a job in Chicago to do weather. Interesting. They made a whole joke about the windy city and how mm-hmm. be, it's windy there, so bring a coat. Yeah. I'll add a laugh track there. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. It, it, so, anyways, I mean, it always ends up bad for Danny. Yeah. Well, you um, know. I mean, this is what you got. Yeah. Yeah. But. So, going into, by the way, my probably my I, favorite episode. I'll I say, guess. yeah. What's your favorite? Yeah. Well, the one that I have the most memory of is, I I don't know, because watching it as a kid, I I empathized a lot with the situations there. So there's one episode where DJ and Steph are doing something in Danny's room, and they accidentally put a hole in the wall. I was just thinking about bringing up this episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the one that has the most memory to me, because I have that stupid song in my head that they sing. Um, I'll, I'll, you know, uh, here we go. Okay, I'll I'll do it from memory. Okay. Uh, As much as I can. It's not going to be a lot. It's like... Dad, dad, he's our dad. Oh yeah. And then I can't remember what else. They they kind of trail off or something. I don't know. It's yep. this yep. really awkward thing because they're basically trying to conceal the fact that they've put a hole in the wall. Right. And they move everything in his room like a f- to cover it or something. Yeah. yeah. And he does that whole classic TV show thing where uh, he walks in, puts his coat on the like into air because mm-hmm. his thing's not exactly where it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the, that's the, my, the wonderful point. thing about that episode is every episode they learn something, right? There's right. a lesson. The music comes on and they, they relearn that their mom is dead. Right. They, for the first <laughs> season, they pretty much relearn <laughs> their mom's dead. But past that, I mean, the, the, as the show went on, the mm. lessons got more stretched. Right. But in that episode, they didn't learn a lesson. 
it the the hole was made in the wall. They moved everything. Danny just figured that well, he is off that day, mm-hmm. and they got away with it. That's right. And it was so unfull house <laughs> for them to just completely get away with it. And the girls just figured, ah, oh, well, that's no guilt for us. <laughs> we just broke your wall, Dad. That's Thanks why I a lot. really want a mashup of Full House and House of Cards. So it's Full House of Cards. Yeah. So it's just basically like them doing stuff like that to ascend to. I'm losing track of this, but yeah. uh, this is losing steam very quickly. But um, them conniving their way to an end. And that, that's a good launching point for because they don't have any resolution to that story, I guess. Yeah, no, um, they really don't. I just really yeah. wanted to say Full House of Cards. Yeah, basically. no, I like um, it. Yeah. I like the idea. So. Going into Fuller House, we, sure. we talked about Fuller House in the lead up to it a lot. Um, basically, anytime we were in contact with one another, it yeah. was always, so what's going to happen with Fuller House? What's going to yeah. happen? What's like we were pitching ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you should share an idea or two that you pitched to me. Oh, some of them were pretty good. Oh, you're putting me on the spot now. Um, there, was, there was one about Joey and. Um, a a uh, a murder. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, this is on Facebook. Um, I don't remember what exactly it is. Was it that they they found out that Joey? Uh, I can't remember. Was it that Joey killed their mom? I think it was that Joey killed their mom. It was basically that Full House was going to be a detective story of them coming <laughs> right. to that conclusion. And then uh, it was going to be, I believe, Joey like cornering the girls yes. at the end to like, finish them off. Mm-hmm. But then Jesse was going to come in, shoot them, mm-hmm. and then, of course, have mercy. Have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I don't remember. The, like there was a whole, yeah. there was a whole thread. It was really involved. It was very involved. It was really involved. I'll have to try to dig that up yeah. and and post it on the Facebook page or something. Yeah, it ended with Joey dying, which was, yeah. I mean, basically oh, what yeah. I wanted. That's what the crowd yeah. is clamoring yeah, for. Really. Spoiler alert: Joey does right. not die in Fuller House. <laughs> right. Um, did you see those two videos I sent you? That was the one was the detective show. Uh, sketch. Yes. From, yeah. The uh, it yes. was called Fuller House Nights. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's just the three guys. They basically it's it's like basically what they do at night is solve crimes. Right. And it was. What did you think of that? <laughs> I I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, you know, just, it was it was really an extension of just mm-hmm. of, of who they are. I mean, yeah. obviously, in, in the show. Right. Yeah. Because any of them could. Do anything involved with right. a crime. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, and then the other one was the uh, John Stamos reads mean <laughs> or, or negative reviews of yes. Fuller House. And I, I want to commend John Stamos for this because that clip, he is yeah. such – he has such a charisma to him. He does. I, I love that he kept saying like, no, say, say their names. Say the names <laughs> yeah, of the reviewers. Yeah, yeah. And he's just he was just taking it not even really taking it in stride. He was just he was just putting forth this energy that it's just he was just having a blast with it. Yeah. And it was just so enjoyable to yeah. watch. Well, you know, too, I don't think they did Fuller House and thought everybody's gonna love this. Nobody's right. gonna nobody's gonna make fun of Fuller House. Right. You know? I think they knew what it was going to there was gonna be that reaction. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, so Fuller House. So, what what were your actual expectations going into Fuller House? What did you want to see from the well, show? And I think here, one of the things that about me actually enjoying Fuller House is that my expectations were so low. Right. I figured this was going to be 
basically just about the worst thing <laughs> imaginable right. that they were going to take a show that was already struggling by the end of it and just try to reboot it mm-hmm. um and and just make it kind of your your typical sitcom right. add in a laugh track make it horrible and I'm not going to pretend Fuller House was this magnificent thing, right? But I honestly don't understand how people disliked it so much. I, I don't know what they were expecting. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know how either, honestly, because like one of my favorite podcasts is the Slash Filmcast, and they were talking about it as yeah. saying that they could only watch the first episode and that it was like the worst thing they've ever seen. I don't get that at all. I don't either. It's yeah. it's Fuller House. What I went in expecting from it was that it would be. A uh, kind of fun, nostalgic um, show that I could have kind of playing in the background yeah. and not focus too much attention on, and it would be just enjoyable. Right. And I mean, it it met my expectations pretty pretty yeah. quickly and sustained them. Yeah, especially that first episode. Yeah, I thought that first episode was so strong actually mm-hmm. because it was exactly what you wanted. It was that nostalgia oh, yeah. kick. And I uh, love the the title. Even was our very first show again. Yes, uh, a callback to the pilot of Full House. Yeah, and I thought it was so cool that opening scene actually, where they had the where it was the pieces of the intro, but in full HD. Right. Like whoa. Yeah. yeah I, oh I, yeah. It did take me a minute to do the math for twenty nine years later. Uh huh. Like wait, that would mean they're <laughs> how old? But I think they meant right. twenty nine years from the very beginning of the show. Yeah. 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 That. You know, that is the kind of thought process that they would put into Full House. Right, right. Yeah, to be like, well, obviously we meant from the beginning. Well, yeah. Duh. Why would you mean 29 years later from when the show ended? Like, everybody would naturally assume. But it, it was, right. I think it was everything that I was kind of hoping it would be in that first episode, where mm. it just, it reintroduced all the cast members, everybody was there. Mm-hmm. As John Samos said, everybody looked good. And yeah. really did. <laughs> they did, and yeah. they kept talking about that throughout the whole season oh, they did. saying like oh we look really yeah. good yeah yeah um <laughs> and, and i would say if there's one cast member that maybe didn't look as good it would probably be bob saget i, I thought so too looked older. But, you know um, he looked a little yeah a little up there yeah um, but you know what he didn't look as good and uh he didn't really put in any effort he, so it kind of really matched didn't. yeah right, yeah yeah that was being my favorite thing about that first episode mm-hmm. was everybody kind of fell back in their role pretty well right especially kimmy yeah, uh, Andrea Barber, if you will. right. Yeah, she really fell back in a role quick, quickly, and really embraced it. Mm-hmm. Bob Saget just—he didn't care at all. He really—he seemed very stiff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he really didn't care. It, you almost yeah. wonder why he bothered to come back and right. do it at all. But and I think the the parts of the show that really uh, um, showcased that. <laughs> Or his low energy were the scenes with him and Kimmy mm-hmm. because they like he he had he had to do this, you know, go back to the whole shtick of this kind of forced disdain or whatever. Right. Like, Kimmy, what are you doing here? And it's just like that. He yeah. never met that emotional level. Um, yeah. And, and they didn't talk about his dead wife either. So no, they, didn't. they, um, they introduced uh, a, a new a new wife. wife. Yeah. Which. I love that they introduced her, mm-hmm. showed her for five seconds, and was like, and that's it? And she's done. Yep. Yeah, she's not This was such there. an integral part of the original series of right. Danny dating different women, mm-hmm. of the whole Vicky storyline, of her going away, of his wife that passed <laughs> away. And then it was like, oh, 
eight seasons later, here's here's his wife. Right. Now, don't worry about it. And they even in, in, like they announced this casting decision early on in the process right. too. I was under the the impression that it was going to be you know he was she was going to be more involved with the show. You think? But um, that's another thing is that I was kind of. I, I didn't pay too close attention to the marketing and everything, like too like too much. But yeah. there was a moment, and I think that first episode where they like were all they were all like, uh, "Well, we're going to stay here and we're going to help you help you raise the kids just like we did before." Right. And I actually really liked that they were like, um, "They're like, no, you already did that. You know, go do your thing. We're, yeah. we, we've got this and everything." Because yeah. um, it was a nice like passing of the torch mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, we can be getting teary eyed. Not yeah. really. I was scratching my eye. Um, anyway, um, but yeah, and I liked that aspect of it. Yeah. Um, and I kind of thought for a second. I thought, it, are they going to have them stay? Are they going to be like big, like the uh, main cast? Right. Uh, I'm kind of glad they didn't because I feel like they yeah. needed uh, DJ Steph and Kimmy to kind of really take hold of the show. I agree. I I think there was a stretch of episodes somewhere in like the maybe it was like the four, five, six range mm-hmm. where they had none of the other original cast members right. show up. I thought that got a little bit rough. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed when it was just like Jesse would come in for maybe yeah. five, seven minutes, and then you had Joey for an episode, or right. that kind of kept it feeling different and yeah. kind of gave you like a little something extra in each episode. Um, one thing you touched on earlier, though. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned kind of the um, self-awareness of the show to mention, right. you know, that you've, you've already done this. You've already raised us. Now it's our, t- you know, now it's our turn to, right. to pitch in. That show was just full of these moments of self-awareness. Yes. And it was the meta shocking. The humor was, it was, it was so, it was almost jarring, but yeah. I, I, I dug it. I was in, I was into yeah. it because it had this kind of like winky factor thing to it um like the scene in the first episode where they mention uh michelle and saying like yeah what was it like they said like oh she's in new york uh yeah she can be here yeah i think they said that she's managing her fashion empire or something and they just stare at the at the camera for a solid four seconds oh yeah and i was like wow wow this is this is what the show is going to be this is very interesting yeah and like there's a scene later where I don't know if I really want to give this away, um, but they they name check the Olsen twins, mm-hmm. and it's like just it's a throwaway line that just cracked me up. Yeah, it was I I something about it, I just really enjoyed that. Yeah, it, it, you know I wouldn't necessarily say oh wow this is amazing writing and how clever this is. Oh yeah, but compared to the original show, right? Yeah. It was surprising that there was this kind of meta humor that was throughout right. the episodes yeah. and really never left even through the end. Absolutely. So what do you think was the strongest piece of Fuller House for you or the strongest That's, cast member? Oh, the strongest cast yeah. member. Um, you know, I, I liked, I kind of liked Steph. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think part of that is that I'm, I'm kind of just by default rooting for, um, um, Jody Sweeten. Yeah, because I know that she has a history, and it was also kind of, kind of, it, it kind of made me a little uncomfortable when they were talking about like, oh, Steph has this whole like past where she's a party animal and yeah. all that. And, and like, it didn't relate to the original character at all. It didn't, and it was funny. It wasn't a natural extension. I kind of got a chuckle out of the whole DJ Tanner thing that she's a DJ. Yeah, and her name is DJ Tanner. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cute. Yeah, I saw what they did there. But every. <laughs> 
But ever, did you? Because they really hammered it, <laughs> hammered it in they, their faces. Yeah, yeah, very <laughs> subtle. <laughs> right. But um, there's there was something kind of just that kind of bugged me throughout it. Whenever they referenced like, oh yeah, I know this person from my from my partying days. I'm like. Yeah, Jody Sweeten was like like heavily into drugs. Like she almost like yeah. she damn near lost her life, and it's a miracle yeah. that she, or it's like it's it's commendable that she was able to pull herself out of that situation and get clean and everything. Yeah, I mean it ruined a marriage for her, ruined right. a family. I mean, it, yeah, I was a little bit surprised if they gave that background to somebody else. Okay, right. but it did seem a little bit. It didn't feel like it was purposeful kind of yeah. meta humor. It and felt then, like it was yeah, like it's strange. Not, it's not like they ever said like, "Oh, this is this is my friend who I used to, you know, snort coke with." <laughs> and everything. It was like, "Oh, we used to we used to hang out together when right. we were partying and stuff right. like that." But it's also like there's in a show that has so many like bits and pieces of meta humor like thrown in where it's almost self-aware. Yeah. Uh you kind of have to you you kind of by default make that connection, and it's kind of it felt a little weird. But yeah. having said that, I did like her arc in that she like she kind of realized that she they didn't really give her a solid um, romantic interest or anything except for no. the baseball player, I guess. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah. yeah, which we can talk about that episode later. But um, yeah. but to see, uh, but I I liked the idea of her. Wanting, like, realizing that she wanted a like stable relationship and stuff. I thought that that was a nice, yeah. like, and as as well done as that show could allow it to be, given the context yeah. of the show. I agree. I agree. They gave her, and again, I won't go into to spoilers here because right. you just don't want to spoil something like Floor House. Oh no, I oh, know. But at the end of maybe episode like <laughs> five or six, they threw in a curveball for her that she admitted to DJ that she had a problem. Oh yes, and it was. A very not a joking matter. It was a really serious problem right. that women face, and they threw it in there as just such an aside for yeah. like a random. Oh, you should feel for for Stephanie's right. character, and then never mentioned it again. Absolutely, which is in the truest spirit of Full House. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> the in the second, I think it's the second episode. Jesse comes in and he says something like, he talks about how whenever they talk about. Um, serious stuff or whatever they all like he he makes the he makes the joke or he says that i can always kind of feel like i hear violins here and everything yeah and like him doing that kind of kind of made any scene of heart or of any kind of um heartfelt scene kind of kind of be a little bit you know flat yeah it kind of you it put in my head like that thought that the, okay they're yeah they're being funny but i don't know yeah they really didn't have scenes like that and it was right. interesting because the tanner curse was still a full in fact mm-hmm. and what i mean by that is that you know another person that marries a tanner and dies right because right. that's what happens when you marry a tanner right uh but but seriously they built on that on i think a single episode and mm-hmm. it was very throwaway yeah. So it was a little bit strange that they didn't have I don't even more know. serious moments. Yeah. I don't even know how he died. I don't remember. Fighting a fire. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that yeah. was, I guess that was a nice touch. I, um, yeah. I did like, there, there was an episode that calls that to attention where one of the kids learns uh, that he shouldn't lie or something. Although yeah. The <laughs> those kids were so forgettable. They were. They really and, and, were. I mean, it, it's taken us this long to even discuss that there oh, was children. Yeah, exactly. Well, we mentioned but. Joey, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but a ching. Yeah. But um, yeah, the the kid. And again, that that episode refreshed my memory because uh, I don't remember if he really learned a valuable lesson. 
No. He, no, he, he, no, he learned that if you lie, but you're connected, you'll, you'll, get you'll, be, you'll be able to make your lie true. Right. <laughs> yeah. There um, was no music at any point in the, in the show, right. too. Yeah, when yeah. they learn lessons. That's why nobody learned anything. Yeah, exactly. There's no music. They did have a pretty killer um, uh, New Kids on the Block dance scene <sighs> in the first episode. Yeah, that was brutal. <laughs> that was really bad. Like, it was bad enough that they started dancing. Like, the, like the, the girls started dancing. Yeah. And then it, it panned over to uh, Danny, Joey, and Jesse dancing very awkwardly. Oh, too. yeah. It was, uh, yeah. It was just one of the many ways that they brought in uh, Stephanie being a DJ. Right. Was That was like an excuse for them to have a dancing like every mm. third episode, which thanks yeah. for yep. that. Uh, so what did you think of DJ? What was Who was your favorite character, basically, of the whole season? <clears throat> yeah, you know, I think, um, and this is such a cop-out answer in a way, but my favorite character was Steve. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. And... I, I think if I was to actually say who in this show, outside of maybe your, maybe John Stamos, mm-hmm. um, who has actual talent, I would have said it was probably Steve. Yeah. Um, and obvi- if you didn't know, he's actually the voice of Aladdin in those Disney I didn't movies. know that, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you know, Steve's made bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, he actually had comedic timing. I'm thinking about a scene where there's a... A love triangle of sorts that builds. Yeah. Um, and he was trying to kind of interject himself into the other side of that relationship. Right. And he actually had really, again, good comedic timing. He yeah. actually made me laugh a couple times, and the lines were horrible. Mm-hmm. But just the way he was able to portray himself, I, th- I thought he actually was really good. Right. He seemed, yeah. he seemed um, slightly... It was an interesting thing because he kind of seemed self-aware. Like he knew the show that he was in, but not in a wink at the camera kind of way. Like he he really grounded his performance in the 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 material of the show instead of the right. kind of like fun nostalgia trip. It was yeah. like he seemed like the most grounded character in that world. Yeah, and I really appreciated that. Yeah, you 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 actually just complimented an actor pretty well for a full house <laughs> i did well we haven't talked about the kids yet um, yeah, <laughs> let's go ahead and talk about the okay. kids because let's get that over with yeah the i don't even remember the dynamic there of the was show, one named max that's right was that the middle one i think so and yeah. he he irritated me early really on. he was the only one i liked it, well i grew to like him because okay. he's the only one that they really wrote for we that personality much. Yeah, yeah. Like the older kid was just kind of just a like bland, like what? How a role? Oh, like, you mean J Money? Oh, God. He called himself J Money yeah. one more Way time. Too many times. Like, oh, and okay. Uh, they thought that was real clever, too. Yep, you know they yep. did. Mm. Yeah. The, uh, the, I won't give away what happens, but the, the credit card thing with the, with the baseball jersey thing. Mm. Yeah. Does that get resolved? Because I no. think. Oh yeah, yeah, it does. Okay, it okay. does. Because I think yeah, I, like, there's I a, a wasn't... payback. Okay. Method. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, because I wasn't sure that that was one of the things that I was kind of having on the background. Yeah, I was it. very flippant though. Okay. Um, because I kind of wondered about that. I was like, wait, I think I, it must have blinked and I missed it, kind of yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, J Money, I just didn't like. I mm. kind of liked the idea of him. Um, what was it? He was trying to get. Um, uh, the girl's friends, right? Friend. And I, I kind of liked that because that's that's yeah. a charming kind of thing. And sure, there's a it's a deep well to pull from. Um, but he was just so bland, and yeah. Max kind of 
really uh really elevated the show for me in the yeah. later episodes. I agree. And Kimmy's daughter, um again, yeah. I can't even think of what her name was. Uh her name was Ramona. Ramona. So, oh my god, I just remembered. Okay, we we'll, we'll talk about this in a minute, but um okay. So yeah, so so Ramona, I I kind of liked that dynamic cuz you know, in the original show you had basically the three the three dads Mm-hmm. Um, or the you know three father figures and three kids, um, and this in- introduces a whole new, uh, like another kid into mm-hmm. the mix that's not a part of the family. Right. Um, in Kimmy's daughter, and I thought that was a nice kind of. It's way different. To, yeah, it's different. Yeah. yeah. So, what did you think of Ramona? Again, I just, I thought she was fine, mm-hmm. but it was kind of. I guess the one thing that was kind of interesting is she wasn't necessarily like a daughter of a Gibbler. Right, I yes. kind of expect her to be way more eccentric mm-hmm. and strange, and instead oh, that would have been was, the worst. It would have been, and I'm kind of glad they didn't do that. But at the mm-hmm. same time, they made her just kind of typical te- preteen girl, yeah. And they really didn't do much with it. Um, and that's kind of the problem with the kids. And yeah. in the original show, the kids were, if not the stars, at least equal. Right. In this show, and maybe it was because they realized people were watching this for nostalgia reasons, exactly. uh, the kids were just there for plot devices right. for the adults. Um, I think we're also forgetting the littlest one, Tommy. Tommy, baby. okay. So let me tell you about my notes on Tommy. I took notes when I watched Fuller House. Uh, I'm so, so excited. And so for episode <laughs> one, my my only note on Tommy is baby is distractingly ugly. <laughs> That's all oh I had. God. <laughs> that baby is oh, so ugly. That where is so mean. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's it, you know you're casting a baby, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, when you're casting a baby, I guess you're looking for a baby that's good natured, uh-huh. that plays along with with the cast members, and that there's two of them. Yeah, there's two of them, and there was right, yep, right. But then the other thing you're looking for is that the baby's not ugly as. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they failed on that account they did i'm looking up uh pictures yeah. of him now because i yeah he's super ugly yeah <laughs> oh yeah he's he's not very photogenic no yeah no i think i think my cat's cuter yeah i know i agree <laughs> i agree i kind of wondered <laughs> kind of wondered at one point I'm like so when did joey have sex with uh dj <laughs> Jesus. Because that's the kind of ugly baby that Joey would have. Oh, so. That's another thing. He doesn't even look like he belongs in that family, really. Like, he doesn't look oh, like... Oh, that picture makes him look very good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For reference, he's Matt just, just showed me a picture of Tommy that, that did not look like the kid. It, but he still looks like he has no idea what the hell's going on. Well, no, but that's um, that's a staple of the children at Fuller House. At Full House. Right. Actually, here's something for you. In mm-hmm. the original Full House, this will drive you nuts now. Okay. Every scene with Michelle, mm-hmm. uh, at least in the first four or five seasons, you'll notice that they always will cut the camera, and the camera will be straight on her. And that's because there's a train around the other side. Ah. So any speaking line she has for the first, again, like four seasons, it's a straight-cut camera on her, and then they'll cut away. It is so distracting. Wow. Yeah. I really wish they would have put it on Netflix. Yeah. Like I, the original I, series. It's got to be coming. I, well, maybe not actually at this yeah. point. I don't know either. I was mm. telling my brother earlier today that um, basically in the like, – like when 
uh, Seinfeld was bought by Hulu. And granted, Seinfeld and like Friends and like the '90s sitcoms that are that are making their way to streaming services now, like they're which they were are all a lot on bigger. the exact same page as Full House, right? Exactly. Right. They're both the most groundbreaking uh, sitcoms of Absolutely. their time, much like much like Full House. Yeah. Um, Full House, groundbreaking house. Anyway, mm. uh, there's a joke there somewhere. Um, sure. <laughs> I'll be able to. I'll have to uh, make sure that when I edit this, I'll, I just say cut it out to that part. Um, I had to get one in, um, but uh, I've been saving them. Right. <laughs> so anyway, um, the the price to get the streaming rights for like Seinfeld was astronomical. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I think it was something like half a million dollars per episode. Really? Like something ridiculous like that. Wow. So hard yeah. to believe it's worth it. Right, because I, I mean, Seinfeld, for instance, been shown on TBS for free, right, all the time. So I mean, are really that many people? Did how many people actually picked up, you know, just for Seinfeld? I don't know. Well, I know that. Well, I it I mean, had I guess to it have, must a, have been a decent amount. But, yeah, yeah, interesting. Plus, they had like ad revenues, um, or ad stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Hulu, Hulu paid for the entire series of, um. Seinfeld for 160 million dollars. Wow. Yeah. So I don't wow. know how much that factors in per episode, but unbelievable. It's still it's huge. It's massive. Yeah. Um. Yeah. For all 180 episodes, it's 160 million dollars. So nearly nearly one million dollars per episode. Wow. Yeah. Well, they wouldn't have to pay that much for a full house, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of wondering what the holdout is with that because you would think oh. that they would be eager to get it, and seeing that oh. Netflix has the the next original series of full full house is, you know, you would think they would put it on there, but yeah, I don't know. You think so? Yeah, but that was a tangent. So anyway, Ugly Baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and and I I have some notes here nice. on some uh, other episodes. Okay. I. I only have notes up to episode six. Right. And the reason was, and I guess we'll get to this, but mm-hmm. episode six was an absolute train wreck. Right. And I stopped taking notes after that because I thought maybe I was going to stop watching it. Mm-hmm. Got better. But so an episode. Wait, you actually thought for a second that you would stop watching it completely? Episode six was that bad. Wow. It was that wow. bad. I just tuned it out, really. Oh. As soon as the. We'll, we'll get to it. But yeah, anyway. we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. Continue so, with your notes. So episode two bugged me. Badly. Okay. I don't know why I emphasize bugs so much, right. but it bugged me badly. <laughs> the reason why is they messed up the attic. Did they? Yeah. So they make a they made a, a reference to the attic setup in Nikki and Alex's room, uh-huh. and they put Nikki and Alex's room on the wrong side of the attic. Really? Yeah. See, I never noticed that. Yeah, huh. they messed it up really bad. I forgot exactly how it was introduced, but they basically kind of hinted that Nikki and Alex's room was on one side and it was on the okay. other side. And I thought for a show with so many callbacks, maybe yeah. remember the set design. So that bothered me, but that's because I'm weird. Right. Well, maybe if they had the series on Netflix, they could have seen it and noticed. Right. What did you think of Nikki and Alex coming back for like that two scenes that they were in or whatever? Yeah. I, <laughs> I thought it was it – was, I think it's great that they got as many cast members of the original show as they, as they could. Yeah. I did love that the kids ended up being just as big of a failure as their dad. <laughs> I love that, that they was like, well, oh, he had clueless kids because he was a, he's still a clueless adult. Right. I mean, he's still, his only accomplishment is doing a cover of a Beach Boy song. That's right. So he's saying it, which yeah. is great. Yeah. 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 I won't lie. I think my wife started talking over it at one point mm-hmm. a little bit. 
And uh, I, d- I definitely was not happy about that. <laughs> the other thing is the other cast members started singing along. That's right. Yeah, I told them to shut up audibly because <laughs> I wanted to hear John Stamos sing it. Oh, wow. So that was a beautiful thing. But that's the only nice. thing he's known for. Yeah. And yeah. I like that they kind of put, put a call back on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's the thing. And Full House was always a family show. Mm-hmm. It was episode three of Fuller House. And without giving away too much – that was the episode where I'm like, is this – what is the purpose of the show? Who's the audience? Right. Because you had a lot of um, kind of gayish dancing, kissing. Yeah. Yeah, which is, hey, great. Totally. But it was a little bit kind of like, hmm, who's, who's yeah. watching this? And then um, I noticed that Stephanie's dress I highlighted I her – I don't her uh, manufactured assets quite highly. I I don't know what you're getting at. Yeah, I didn't I didn't notice anything. In, in, um. <laughs> in, without sounding strange about it, it was just to the point of like, if this is a family show, they were accentuated. You're putting were, her in some really strange things. Yeah, it was definitely, and I like that they did call attention to that. Yeah. Um, later on, but it's also like, it's it's it was a very bizarre, weird, weird thing. Weird. Um, and especially for a show that's geared toward nostalgia it's mm-hmm. like you're gonna have like i think to that um clip from community where uh troy barnes just says i have the weirdest boner um <laughs> because that's gotta be weird um but no i did notice that and it was it was interesting yeah and magical but interesting um, i have i have one other note that i wrote on episode three that i want to share and I guess it's slightly spoilerish. I, well, I was going to bring this up. I think yeah. that this is the one. Yeah. So I guess if you're sensitive to Full House spoilers, mm-hmm. here's your chance. Then again, I mean, by this point, yeah. I think everyone's seen it. It's an international yeah. hit, so yeah. I think right. we're safe. I think so, too. Or at this point, I've completely destroyed your podcast and, right. nobody, and everybody's, <laughs> everybody's out. But there was there was a former grammy winner mm-hmm. that showed up in this really crappy club to sing and my only note is holy <laughs> macy gray's career <laughs> and actually at yes. one point she said what am i doing here i have a grammy <laughs> right so again it was that meta joke that was really <laughs> yeah. great but at the same time it was like it was kind of sad of like she realized i'm on full house this is the worst thing ever. yeah Oh, yeah. My career is officially in the toilet. That's definitely that's depressing on on so many levels. Yeah, and it it kind of it. Okay, so I don't think it was that same episode, or it might have been that same episode. Um, there were two people, like the two brothers, um, that were dancing with DJ and Kimmy, right. I think. And I didn't. Like, were they people we should have known? I don't think so. Okay, because I, I don't know. But I, I looked them up and I couldn't see anything. But it seemed like they, like, as soon as they were on screen, like, the, the studio audience, like, went crazy. Yeah. Which, do you know if this was recorded? Oh, here's who they were. Okay. Yes, I think it actually was. I or heard at least that it the was. first episode was. Okay. Yeah, so I guess, and um, my wife told me this. Mm. I had no idea. Apparently, sure. Yeah. I have no <laughs> idea about things like this. But, um. Apparently, uh, DJ was on Dancing with the Stars, and that was the person that was on Dancing with the Stars with her. Gotcha. So okay, yeah. So I guess that was why people cared. Right? No idea. That kind of that kind of made me feel a little bit nostalgic for Full House, and because okay, back in Full House days, 
Um, they made a point to anytime, like the only celebrity cameos of any kind that I remember from Full House is just a constant, um, constant episodes built around the Beach Boys. Yeah, which the Beach Boys are are mega famous, huge, and sure, everything. Sure, yeah. Um, they were all the Brian Wilsonless Beach Boys, though. So, oh like, yeah, that's right. Mm. So I kind of felt like when looking back on Full House, I'm like. Yeah. Like there's an episode where DJ is like so excited to get tickets to the Beach Boys. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. At that time, at that age, yeah. Is this really, or is it just like John Stamos' buddies with them? <laughs> exactly. So do you, do you know? No. John Stamos' buddies with them. Is he? I thought so. So John Stamos was actually a backup <laughs> guitarist for the Beach Boys. Really? Yeah. And wow. actually, I think I read. Maybe like a month or two ago, he actually performed with them on like a couple of tour dates. Wow. Yeah. So, so that's why. Okay. That's why they're always pimping the Beach Boys. Okay. Yeah. Because it didn't really make sense in, at that point in the 90s that they'd be that excited about Beach Boy tickets. Yeah. Because I was. Yeah, they wouldn't care. Yeah. I was of an age where I like, I knew like what was culturally relevant and everything. I was like, I'd, right. In that age range, I don't think they would really be listening to the Beach Boys or be that into the Beach Boys. Right. But they had like an entire entire episode. I think there was a Hawaii set episode. Yes, with the Beach Boys, where they were stranded on an island, and then they're like, "Oh, it's a Beach Boy concert on the other side." Like, oh, I didn't know the specifics. Yeah. Oh my god. It was like as good as a, it was like as good as an episode of Lost. Basically. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like Lost. <laughs> uh-huh. do, yeah. you, do you see my big uh, <laughs> box set there? It's the Blu-rays. You should just watch that Full House episode a bunch of times instead of watching that <laughs> show. <laughs> So thanks for being on the podcast, Sam. Yeah, all right. Uh, good luck at your new job. Right. So, uh, <laughs> so it, it, we're we're gonna. I guess we're gonna go through this pretty slowly here. So I guess we this, are, this yeah. is we gonna can, be uh, this is gonna be a long walk. It is. We okay. can we can we can power through it. Okay. Or you know we can go at your pace. You're you're the one with the notes. All right. It's my show after all. Right. <laughs> Wait, Fuller so, House or the Obsessive Viewer? I don't know. So episode four, <laughs> episode four, uh, again, it was one of these, who is this show for? Because mm-hmm. there was a joke that I think uh, Jay Money said, where he said God. he was up all night erupting his volcano. That's right. Now, he did not mean it in a sexual right. way, but Stephanie reacted, I think it was Stephanie reacting and goes, oh, you. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, it could have been a little joke that if you happen to catch on to it, good enough, if yeah. not, okay, but... They definitely called um, – they called attention to it pretty strongly. Yeah. And uh, they never had that kind of innuendo in the original series, did they? In the very, very first season okay, where Jesse was kind of a little bit off the rails mm-hmm. and he was being introduced to that life and he's coming from his, you know – Right. Rock rock star life, if if that's what he and he actually <laughs> did before that, uh, he, there were some moments where you kind of got the impression that he was living the single life, and Danny okay. was trying to hide it. But it was never that blatant, right? Yeah, that was. Pretty and it strong. didn't involve the kids. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, so uh, in episode five, if you remember, there's a whole big scene with DJ and a plumber. Who? Yes. Yeah. And that. Okay, aside from the uh, um, the weird identity crisis of tone in that in that mm-hmm. scene and in the season as a whole, I I got kind of a kick out of that. I thought the humor landed for it me was well done. Well. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I guess without saying too much, it was kind of a scene where they were misunderstanding each other yeah. and the purpose of it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but with like it was overt sexual innuendo, right? Um, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so so that was kind of a fun thing. Um, and then they had a moment, and I'm curious if you either associate this the same way or caught this, but Stephanie had the Uncle Jesse to the cabin moment. So in the original ser- series, mm-hmm. Uncle Jesse can't stand having this family, can't stand all the stress, and he runs up to the cabin mm-hmm. to go sing like some uh, some song. I think it's bad to the bone. He sings in a cab with some friends because that's how Uncle Jesse like oh deals my- with stress. Yeah, I've never wanted that show on Netflix. More. I know, I know. Like some people would go have a drink, and then there's Uncle right. Jesse. It's like I'm going to go with my friends and sing "Bad to the Bone" in a cabin. <laughs> right. uh, you know. But anyways, Stephanie had that run to the cabin moment where she went back to DJing. She went back with her friends. Yes. And you know, she decides family is more important. Mm-hmm. But it was that Uncle Jesse moment that I kind of appreciated as like a callback to the original series. Sure. Or maybe I'm giving them way too much credit. I I think you're giving them the. Im- Slightly more credit than they probably sure. deserve overall, but I think that that was probably intentional. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't really. I mean, I didn't mind it or yeah. anything, but yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so what's next? The last episode that I wrote notes on was episode six. And do you want to give context for these notes, like why you stopped doing notes? Because you were drinking yeah. like. Um, a beer an episode. Yeah, so for about episode one through four, I was very much enjoying myself. So right. I, I was I was having about a beer an episode. So my my notes, there's some things I'm not going to read on my notes because they really just don't have a place. <laughs> um, but anyway, so the, the episodes five and six, I be, actually began the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, episode six was it was a point where I almost thought I was maybe going to stop watching the show. Yeah. It was a episode where they took the kids to a Mexican wrestling or lucha libre yeah. uh, wrestling event, and so I'm somebody that actually like followed WWE pretty closely as okay. a kid and still watches like occasionally today. Sure, I mean there it, it made you wonder if anybody even bothered to even see slightly <laughs> what may or may not occur <laughs> in a wrestling ring. I mean, they were having, like, high school kids come up and dance, right. and it was just bizarre. That's right. The whole a whole B-plot of yeah. that of the, that episode was that they had uh, something like, what was it? Like, Kimmy was, or no, I, someone, someone yeah. had, uh, or Kimmy's daughter's, like, dance troupe or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so weird, because that, yeah, that's it, weird it, on it, multiple levels. Yeah. So... My notes on that episode is Mexican wrestling was the worst, and Becky episode is brutal. (laughs) Because they had a person a lot of times come back for an episode and kind of be like the old tie back to the original series. Every time they did Uh, that and every time they came in and the like quote-unquote studio audience uh, cheered, I cheered just as much. Yeah. And it scared the crap out of my cat, so. (laughs) She probably wondered about your mental health. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. Anyway, so Becky, uh, Becky had an entire running gag where she was like super baby crazy. Yeah, and it was like like she was like super horned up. Yeah, um, and it was weird because again, that didn't really attach to her original character in the show. Right. It, it was strange. I really found myself not liking Becky at all in this really? new series. Yeah. 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 She was probably my least favorite original person to return. Wow. Yeah. I. Yeah. I can. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, that's a shame. Yeah. Um, the, but yeah, the, the Mexican, Mexican wrestling thing, the, 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 the Lucha Libre thing, I, 
I mean, I that was like it struggled to keep my attention yeah. throughout it. And like when they did, like there was a a switch a switch in the characters that really just lost me completely. And I was yeah. like, okay, I'm just gonna run out the clock because this is just god awful, yeah. really. Um, yeah. The other thing I thought was so interesting is they managed to get a baseball player that was a pretty big deal. Really? Yeah. I mean, so I don't follow. The yeah, baseballs. and I, I guess I don't want to spoil who it is, maybe. Right, no. But but I mean, he is a a a champion. Okay. I mean, he's actually he has kind of an internet video that's that's kind of gone viral. I mean, he's somebody. Mm-hmm. They really couldn't have gotten anybody from the WWE. <laughs> to show up and make a cameo. Right. They had to have all these like completely uh, horrible just guys that couldn't even pretend to wrestle that were no name. I mean, you could have <laughs> I I bet you John Cena would have done it. Yeah, oh yeah. But Oh, that would have been amazing actually. See, that's what I thought. They could have had some incredible. fun with it and instead yeah. it was just cool. brutal. The only redeeming part of that episode was when and I and I don't mean that DJ got in the ring and it mm. was a great idea, right. but she actually clearly did her own stunts. Oh, yeah. And that was actually kind of impressive, mm-hmm. um, but it didn't make up for the fact that the other 29 minutes were just made me want to kill myself. Right. So. Ugh. So let's talk a little bit about DJ. Yeah. And her arc throughout the season, because, you know, obviously she's probably the most focused um character of the original of the original kids um she has the whole backstory she has everything she's like the linchpin for the entire yeah uh concept of the show and she has this whole arc where she's she works at a at an animal clinic she she kind of has this uh romantic triangle going on Mm -hmm. and i i kind of liked it um i thought it was i thought it was okay i did too i actually thought the actor they had to play the other that that was her love interest right. beside Steve was actually again surprisingly strong. Right, like he actually was a decent actor. Um, he played the role well. It mm-hmm. it, it made me actually at uh, when the, I don't want to give anything away, but again when there was right. a decision point to be made, mm-hmm. it actually had me far more invested than I ever would have thought. Nice, yeah. nice. And uh, and Steve, we already touched on. He was great. Yeah. Um. I thought that the love triangle aspect of it, especially in that um, the baseball episode, basically, mm-hmm. um, they kind of get into a situation where DJ talks to Steve, and it's like such a contrived, like yeah, such a contrived circumstance that they bring up that it was it's like an easily solvable thing that no one does anything to try to solve it just to create conflict, and yeah. that bothered me. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I did get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I like that they actually filmed at a baseball game. That was kind of neat, I guess. Yeah, I mean, at some point, I guess Netflix thought they might as well spend a couple bucks on, the, right. on it. Because <laughs> yeah. that show had to be incredibly cheap to make. Yeah, yeah. yep. They And also another, I mean, I might be, this might be, you know, a stretch, but uh, season two of House of Cards involved, uh, there was one episode that involved a baseball game. So oh. maybe there's a connection for right. cards. Right. Um yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> um that's so dumb. Anyway, <laughs> um so let, let's kind of I guess wind down a little bit. Sure. Um what are your thoughts on Fuller House season 1 overall? Like what you and what's your 
anticipation for season two. What do you want to see yeah. in season two? Because it has been renewed. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, you know, I think in terms of my thoughts on season one, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I thought it was you, – you had the kind of emotional connection to it, the nostalgia, but mm-hmm. they were able to take it further than that. Right. Where I actually I'm kind of curious, okay, what are they going to do with it from here? I actually was kind of invested and reinvested in Stephanie and DJ yeah. and Kimmy. I couldn't give a crap less what happens to these kids. Right. Um, but I'm excited again, too, assuming that they come back to see mm-hmm. more Danny and more Jesse. And I guess my biggest fear for season two is that they're going to try to just do a nostalgia kick season two. Yeah. That might not work so well, or that the original cast won't come back in the effect that they did this time, that you won't have Bob Saga come Dave back. Dave Couillet is yeah, he's so he's busy. so busy. He's so busy. Um, My prediction for season two is that they are going to get an Olsen twin in some form or fashion. I, I think so, too. At some point, they're they're going to call attention to it, or they're going. one of them is going to be on screen. Yeah. And... There will be a reckoning. Yeah, I think um, it could just be a FaceTime thing where they could, you know, yeah, film, totally. film an appearance. They don't have to show up, but right. I would be really surprised if now that it kind of has taken off a little bit mm-hmm. and they got to see what it is that right. there will be some involvement. Yeah, who knows? I, and I think that will, that will at least be an interesting angle to play because yeah. they can't if they keep doing what they what they did this season, it could tire out really easily. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see them develop the kids more. Um, and do more with the kids and actually do more of actual parenting in the show. Yeah. Um, that'll be a breath of fresh air. Yeah. They did a lot of the old um, kids are inconvenient right now, so yeah. we're just going to act like they don't exist. Exactly. Right yeah. A lot of that. Um, oh, also, what did you think of Kimmy's ex-husband? That's a whole storyline. I thought that was a thing. I thought it was. Yeah. He was such a caricature. He was. He really was. In a way, he was sort of endearing. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a scene with him and her inter- or interacting with Uncle Jesse mm-hmm. that worked surprisingly well. Like, are you talking about the first or second episode? Uh, it was actually later on when okay. they're renewing vows and okay. they're combining. Gotcha. And it, it worked surprisingly well. Um, there was a scene. He could wear on you, though. Going back to our discussion of the tone of the show, like they they name checked the Kama Sutra in the first episode, yeah, they did about Kimmy, yeah, yep. <laughs> and that was such a weird, 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 weird thing. Yeah, um, weird. I would say there was a sex joke or reference in at least every other episode, probably, but probably more often than that. Yeah, yeah. Yep, volcanoes erupting everywhere. Right. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah. So my overall thoughts on the season was it was I enjoyed it. I en- I I shamelessly enjoyed it. I got a lot. I caught a lot of flack from some friends of mine who uh, they just immediately thought like, "Oh, it's going to be horrible. Why are you watching it? That's uh, such a waste yeah. of time." I'm like, I I I can't explain it. I'm enjoying myself watching the show, yeah. and it's not that terrible. It was. I, mean, I, I don't understand people that just hated it. Yeah. I don't know what they were looking for. Yeah. Um, They're wrong. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I, I think that the writers of Fuller House definitely went and they did it Gibbler style. I did it Gibbler really. style. Yeah. yeah. Um, good God. <laughs> okay. This review is over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and, and looking forward to season two, I think that you, everything you said, I echo pretty clearly. Um, 
I would like to see an Olsen twin, but I'd also like to see them develop the kids more. So, you know, yeah. we'll see. Um, so, yeah, so that's Fuller House. It's on Netflix. And before we get on to uh, Potpourri, um, friends of the show, Michael Goldberg and Dave Chan, they are crowdfunding or are crowdfunding for their new – their first feature film, uh, Surefire. You can find information about that at surefiremovie.com. Um couple of great guys. We had them on the podcast shortly before Shocktober and Irvington, and we're going to have them on the podcast again to talk about their crowdfunding campaign. But I just want to mention that. Go to the Facebook page for Surefire Movie. Uh, go to surefiremovie.com and like them and support them and everything because they're awesome and uh, really excited to see what comes out from them. So having said that, we're going to do potpourri. Okay. Um, and for first-time listeners, potpourri is the section of the podcast where we basically talk about um, anything we're watching or anything that we're looking forward to or anything that's on our minds. Um, basically, the catchphrase of it is anything we want as long as it smells good. And um, since since you're the guest, why don't you bring up bring us into potpourri, Sam? Sure. I'll be happy to. So um, I, I recently um – Rewatched uh, Wish I Was Here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I haven't seen this yet. Yeah, so Wish I Was Here, and um, pull this up here real quick. It's the Zach Braff uh, Kickstarter movie. Yeah, it was a Zach Braff Kickstarter movie. It was in 2014. So uh, full disclosure here, I am I am a Zach Braff super fan. Mm-hmm. I, I loved Scrubs. Um, Garden State is actually my favorite movie. Interesting. Yeah, I Very love Garden State. Um, that's a movie that I rewatch probably pretty much yearly. Oh wow! Um, and I, I really, I love that movie. I related to it a lot before. Um, I think it's actually one of the most surprisingly depressing movies I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, Wish I Was Here was kind of the spiritual successor for Garden State. Okay, and uh, it was something that when he offered a Kickstarter for it, I was happy to. To uh, donate to that, just mm-hmm. to kind of be part of it and see like what he's doing, get the updates. The movie was not perfect. Really? Yeah. I yeah. remember you talking about it, but I didn't remember how you felt about it. But... Yeah. I always yeah. thought Garden State, and um, it, it, can we talk about spoilers for Garden State? Uh, yeah, I think the statute of limitations is up for I was going to say, I think we're at like what 10 years 10 maybe 12 years maybe 12 years so i thought current state was such a was such an insightful movie in a way and i know a lot of people kind of found it to be pretentious uh in how we discussed yeah and i can see that but what i loved about garden state was it was kind of like this introspection of this crossroads of your life looking Mm -hmm. at where you're at um and then trying to figure out where you want to go yeah and what i loved about is is that the end of the movie he finds, okay, I want to be with this girl. She's mm-hmm. helping me find out more about who I am. But then it was this moment of now what? And mm-hmm. that's how the movie ends. Sure. I, I love the fact that you get this point at the end of the movie where it's, it's what's next. Mm-hmm. And he finds out that this is the girl he wants to be with, right. that she gives some sort of sense of purpose of his life, kind of helps him connect things. But there's no – he realizes that this is just a small piece, that he has mm-hmm. all these issues, and they look at each other and think, what are we supposed to do from this point? Right. And it was this open-ended of like, you think this is this moment of revelation, and instead it's a moment of, well, I'm really just beginning. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, I found that to be a really interesting kind of concept. Nice. So he tried to do that with Wish I Was Here as, really? well, this is what it looks like now when you're in your 40s. Oh. 
And in some form or fashion, it worked. Um, kind of the plot of the movie was that he was trying to pursue being an actor. Okay. Um, his dad was paying for his kid's private schooling. His dad gets cancer, I believe it was, and can no longer pay for his kid's schooling. So he decides he's going to school the he's school the kids. He decides he's <laughs> going <laughs> school the kids to people. No, he decides he's <laughs> going to homeschool the kids himself. And it's a struggle of of him doing that, of him trying to be a responsible parent, trying to be. Huh realistic in his career choices trying to his wife trying to figure out how she's supposed to deal with him because she has a real job while he's kind of doing whatever at home Mm -hmm. and there's a lot in the movie that i found to be interesting but it just did not connect in the way that garden state did that sucks and uh, i I liked it i enjoyed it for what it was Mm -hmm. um and there was some really nice moments in the movie um but overall he just really didn't just really didn't connect it like he did with Garden State. That's a shame. Yeah. Is there anything in the movie, like, it's kind of a leap, like, okay, he, they can't be in private school anymore, so I'm just going to homeschool them. Is there, like, a, like, is there a reason why they can't just go to public school, or? It, it's one of those. Is it because it's public school? <laughs> it, it's kind of one of those, like, well, I'll just do it myself, mm-hmm. you know, because obviously he has no background training whatsoever in, in, in doing this. Right. So. Yeah, it was a little strange. Um, I mean, some there were some good cameos in the movie. Okay. Uh, Jim Parsons was in it, um, who obviously famous now for the Big Bang Theory. Right. Uh, but he actually was in Garden State in a pretty great role, right. uh, and that was kind of that was one of the first things he did that I think people really actually watched. Yeah. So I think it was nice that he actually showed up for that movie as mm-hmm. kind of a callback. That's um, cool. Donald Faison's in it as well. Of course. Obviously, his his best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and. So again, there's some fun cameos, but overall, it's something that's probably worth you know renting. But okay, you know, yeah. is it was it worth kickstarting for forty some dollars? I don't know. Jeez, yeah, that's a shame. And he got a lot of flack for for putting up a Kickstarter for it. He did. And I mean, I, I don't, I don't have like I'm not, I'm not, I don't fall on either side of it. I'm just like okay, yeah. I don't mind. I don't. Like it's it's a tool. Utilize yeah. it. It's like it's not like people are saying like, oh, well, he's you know, he has all this scrubs money. Um, and it's right. like, you know, it it's a lot of work to get a movie made. Yeah, it's, you know, and uh, and to be fair to him, uh, he put up more money for my understanding. He put mm-hmm. up more money for the movie than he kickstarted in total. That and that makes sense, because if anything, yeah. the kickstarting would have gotten got him a lot of publicity for it so yeah i mean awareness is better than anything really and, and i i understand it's, it's an interesting concept of the mm-hmm. whole kickstarting issue and is it right for big stars to mm-hmm. kickstart movies i kind of think of it as a way of i know i'm not sharing in the profit right i know i'm getting a t-shirt a script and updates and some videos and that sort of thing and right for me that was good entertainment for a year nice so i have no regrets about it nice. um but yeah I, I wish the movie was maybe a little bit mm-hmm. better but it wasn't terrible that's that's too bad, but you sound content with it. Yeah, I'm okay so, with it. Nice. You know, I'm not I'm not killing myself about it. Cool. Uh, that's good to hear. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm still here. So, <laughs> nice. Uh, so okay. So for potpourri for me, kind of getting back into the swing of things and back into my routine after taking some time off for family issues and everything. Yeah. Um, so this past week, I went to the movie theater three times. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, it was it was really nice. Um, so I'll just I'll just touch on briefly each each movie I saw. Um 
first up, I saw Triple Nine. Mm. Are you familiar with Triple Nine? You know, actually, not really. Okay. So, I've heard of it, but that's about it. Okay. So Triple Nine is an ensemble cop thriller um, with dirty cops who do dirty cop things uh, for the mob, basically, yeah. for the Russian Jewish mob. Okay. Um, yeah. I like it. And the cast is it, ridiculous. It's got Chiwetel Ejiofor from 12 Years a Slave, mm-hmm. uh, Casey Affleck, Anthony Mackie, uh, Wood, uh, Woody Harrelson, uh, Aaron Paul, Kate Winslet hmm. as a Russian Jewish crime boss. Wow. Uh, Gal Gadot, uh, Norman Reedus, Teresa Palmer, uh, Michael Kenneth Williams in a small cameo, hmm. uh, Clifton Collins Jr., and those are really the only notable ones. But I mean, just it's insane. Like, all of those people could carry, yeah. like, they could be the stars of the movie. And it's basically about a group of. Dirty cops and a special forces ex special forces forces guy, who they do these heists and everything for the Russian m- Jewish mob, and it was not a good movie. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a shame. It was it was really a shame. Um, I will say that the opening scene was a bank heist that was, uh, it was incredible. It yeah. was the way it was filmed was amazing. It was. Uh, there's there's a hiccup in the plan that is like stylistically and um, tension e um, <laughs> it was it it ratcheted up the tension um, exponentially and um, stylistically it was just r- really cool to see this play out um, on on a highway basically um, but it was a very well done sequence for the movie unfortunately that's really the only standout um, there's a pretty cool um, urban uh, gunfight um, chase sequence that's that's well done but also felt a little overdone a little mm. bit um, so I couldn't really enjoy it but Kind of the whole premise of the movie is that, and this is one of my big uh, gripes about it, is w- the main premise of the movie is that these this group of the, these group of dirty cops who are some, like they're like high ranking, like they're detectives and stuff, and it's like yeah, it, there's not really a, and uh, there's not really any time spent de- de- uh, uh, describing why they choose to do the things that they do because they're like their career mm-hmm. uh police officers they're 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 climbing the ranks they're high level police and it's like i don't understand why they would need or want to be involved in this kind of thing um and and there's no explanation to it at all yeah and my biggest gripe with it was that the main plot of the movie is that they have one one big heist that they need to pull off and in order to do that, they need time. So, like, they're, the the title Triple Nine um, is referenced in the movie because their big plan to get the time for the heist is that they're going to murder a police officer so that all of the police go to that scene so that they can pull off the heist. Like, that's the main plot oh, of the movie. Wow. Which, you know, uh, okay. Sure. But also, like, they are really, really, really quick to come to that decision. <laughs> and that's one of the problems that I had with it was that it didn't it didn't even it didn't even try to touch on the kind of brotherhood of police, basically, which yeah. did you ever see the show The Shield? Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK, nice. Yeah. Nice. Did you finish it? I didn't. I, I've oh seen. Yeah. Sorry. It's oh, it's fine. But <laughs> it's oh, my God. That is one of my top three favorite shows ever. Really? Uh, 
all time. Wow. Oh, yeah. And one of the best final seasons uh, and season finale or series finale I've ever seen. Okay. Um, definitely, definitely go back and check that out. Okay. Um, but anyway, that show was about dirty cops that did really horrible things. Um, but they did a great job of capturing why they were doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also did a good job of showcasing the brotherhood and, and uh, what it means to be a, be on the police force, basically. And that's something that was completely lost in Triple Nine. It felt like it was yeah. written by someone who'd never been around police <laughs> in their entire life. And that bothered me so much. So, yeah. Yeah. So the movie was not was not that memorable. Um, not worth seeing. Not not worth seeing in the theater. I would not yeah. recommend it. Um, and then let's see. The next movie I saw was The Witch. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, which which uh, um, sorry, um, <laughs> the poster and everything. It's it's weird because it's it's written as if it's the V Vitch um, on the poster and yeah. everything. Yeah. So my go to joke was, well, I haven't seen the A Witch through the the U Witch, so I'll be lost. <laughs> Um, (laughs) you're welcome. Um, (laughs) no, I absolutely loved this movie. It was phenomenal. Really. It was, uh, it was a great tense, uh, creepy horror movie that didn't rely on jump scares or, uh, like cheap, cheap scares of any kind. It was all very much a tone and, um, atmosphere based, uh, horror movie and one of the things i really loved about it was that um the director writer director i think his name is robert eggers he basically was heavily influenced by the shining and you can see in the movie like there are very clear homages to kubrick and to the shining specifically like there's it's it's amazing it's like there's some great scenes where it's like a static shot of something or zooming into something and you just hear like the like kind of an um a, a a choir of voices singing a high pitch and it just grows as the camera zooms in it's very reminiscent of the shining and what i love about it and what i think is most impressive about that is that it doesn't come across as oh he's just aping the shining he's just he's just borrowing borrowing tone from kubrick it's like he's it's the way he does it is it's done in such a way that it doesn't come across like that it comes across as He's paying homage to something and he's making it his own and and it's serving the story incredibly well. And um, another thing that's really great about it is that it's very authentic to the time. It's based in uh, 17th century settlers, Puritanic, uh, uh, Puritanic settlers basically, who are very much, you know, super religious. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like around like the Salem witch trials, not, it's, I think it's before it, but um, it's at a time where, you know, <laughs> people's faith was very much like very serious and very uh very uh any hint of witch or supernatural stuff is like a death sentence yeah um so what i love about it is like it's it's shown pretty early on that there are forces in the in the movie that are you know of that nature but what's more terrifying than that when that's pretty creepy and scary but what's more terrifying than that is that how the characters interact with each other it's very authentic dialogue so it's a little rough to uh, decrypt when you're watching it yeah but um what's great about that is that the character interactions and the kind of paranoia and um the fear the inherent fear and pain in the characters uh, breeds this tension throughout every single interaction that's just phenomenal yeah. Um, I hmm. absolutely loved it. 
Um, so yeah, so that's the Vivich. Oh, um, <laughs> and then um, finally, the last movie I saw was uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane, which yeah. I watched last night. Yeah. Yes. So um, I'm gonna go on a tangent. I'm gonna go on a tangent. Go I'm for gonna, your tangent. Yes. So. Long-time listeners of the show will know that theater experiences for me, I have very clear thoughts about how I want my theater experience to go down. Sure. So this was a Thursday night movie, the night before like the official like release weekend of the movie, and I was able to go see it at 7.35. So I'm thinking, okay, it's going to be a packed theater. I better get there early. Got there about 45 minutes or like 35, uh, 40 minutes early. Yeah. Got to my seat fine there was me and there was a group of people in the back at the back row and people started filtering in one guy came in he was kind of an older guy and he kind of it was it was weird yeah. like at that point it was just me and the people in the back and he kind of made like like it kind of his body language felt like he was about to ask me if he can sit in my row and i just thought mm. like that's kind of weird because you know uh, the entire theater is empty <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, but if, fortunately he sat across the aisle from me and then I noticed like through the like pre pre movie, like trivia or behind the scenes things that they show before the trailers, yeah. he kept reacting to them very audibly. So like, <laughs> no. he's like, yeah, yeah. So he was like, Oh, <laughs> Oh. And it was like, I'm like, okay, cool. And I didn't, I kept my eyes facing forward. I was like, maybe I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe right. he's reacting to something on the phone. Maybe, maybe it's not he didn't weird. know that Matthew Perry was on Friends. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so he basically went. Uh, so eventually a lady came and sat next to him. So apparently they were together. And I noticed like as as the movie's starting, they're they're whispering oh, quite a bit. That's the worst. Oh, oh, oh. The worst is that it's not it wasn't even constructive. It was like like uh, the bad robot logo came up. As soon as he saw Bad Robot, he's like, oh, Bad Robot. Then when it came up in the pre-credits, like in, in the opening credits where it said, a Bad Robot production, he said it again. He said Bad Robot again. Wow. And I'm like, okay, okay. And wow. then, And then the worst thing in the world happened. <laughs> because about two minutes in, they're still whispering. I'm, I'm, I'm in another row across the aisle, but I can still hear them. And it's still bugging me a little bit. Then I notice out of my peripheral vision, within the first two minutes of the movie, they stand up. And I'm like, okay, okay. Hmm. I'm not kidding at all. They sit almost directly behind me. Like, it's... Why would yeah, you do that? Right? Like, like, the seat wasn't directly behind yeah. me, but it was like the seat next to the seat directly behind me that they sat wow. down in. So for the first ten minutes of the movie, all I hear is, oh, I think that's going to that's gonna, that's gonna come into play later. Oh, yeah, she's got that. Yep. This is that's what this is. Wow. The whole time. And I'm sitting wow. there thinking like this is I'm going to like I'm not a confrontational person. So I didn't want to turn around and be like, hey, shut the <laughs> up. because I'm trying to enjoy a goddamn movie. Um, <laughs> but also and also another reason why I didn't want to do that, because I almost did that. I almost like politely said, like, hey, could you not do that? Because people can hear you and, and we're trying to right. enjoy the movie. But I also didn't want to bring more noise into the theater to disrupt the movie theater experience yeah. for everyone because I'm a respectful human being. Right. Um, I really hope they're not listeners to the podcast. Right. <laughs> or I maybe I do hope. Yeah. Um, so then about five, like five, ten minutes into it, I'm noticing this is not stopping. This is a thing. And I'm like, maybe. Gosh. Yeah. I'm like, OK, well, maybe maybe I can let it go. Maybe I can just maybe maybe, no. you know, it's the same as, you know, being in. Um, uh, 
like being in the gym or something and watching something on my tablet or being in an area and like on a plane or something and watching on the tablet because, you know, there's background noise. I can phase it out. Nope. No. Um, I can't. Yeah. And then they, they kept like at one point he was like, like he, he put a theory out there to his companion saying like, Oh, I think that's, that's something that's going to happen at the end or something. And I'm like, Nope, I don't need these thoughts in my head. Yeah. So I'm like looking around and I look up and like in the back, there's like one row that's empty. And like in that row, it's like a smaller theater. So it's like in that row, there's only two seats. But the problem is that the guy sitting behind it had his leg up on the seat. So I'm like, crap. So my only real option is to go sit in like the second row, like the second or third row. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. No. So about 15 minutes pass. I look up. The guy has his foot down. I stand up and I bolt up there. <laughs> And I enjoyed the rest of the movie without, while still hearing murmuring, but not being able to figure out what dumbass things they were saying. Right. Um, yeah. And I just, I just hated that so much. I was so angry or I wasn't angry. I was just irritated by yeah. it. Um, but yeah, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane was amazing though. I absolutely, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I'm a huge, huge fan of Cloverfield. Yeah. But, um, uh, there's not when they say that it's a blood relative of the of Cloverfield. I mean, there's not really any connection to Cloverfield. Okay. And even if you kind of try to fit it into the world of Cloverfield or or the timeline, even um, it brings more questions to your mind than you should hmm. have for the movie. Um, but still, it's as. It feels like a short, shy of two hour um, long episode of The Twilight Zone. Interesting. Which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I really need to do anthology, my um, solo side project podcast that I haven't done since September. Oh, wow. It's yeah, been a bit. It's been a bit. Yeah. yeah. At some point, I will, I promise. But um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so the movie has some really great moments. There's yeah. one in particular that it's, it's a scene. It's a scene, I won't say what it is, but it's a scene in which they're, the three characters are doing something, and the writing of it, and the situation of it, and the context of everyone's mindset in that sequence, in that part of the movie, is like, that's the point where the movie's firing on every cylinder. Hmm. It's amazing. It's like, the context of the scene, and what happens in the scene, is so layered, it made me laugh. Because it was just genuinely funny. It was it was a great combination of funny, terrifying, and um, uh, uh, and uh, uh, just just really unsettling. Yeah. Um, and it's just like that perfect blend was like that was unbelievable. It was really cool the way that they handled that. Um, and then the movie goes some places that are very interesting. Um. And it really held my attention, and I really, really enjoyed it. Good. So I guess um, as somebody who's seen Cloverfield, I probably will see 10 Cloverfield Mm -hmm. Lane. So are you saying there's really not that much of a connection between the two movies? There is a somewhat of a connection. Like, you'll... You'll get enjoyment out of it regardless, but yeah. in, but being a Cloverfield fan, you'll get more enjoyment out of it. Okay, um, that's as much as I'll say. I won't say yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it's not like it's not like T.J. Miller pops up with a camcorder and is like, "Hey, let's go party." Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is tonally 
really, really cool the way that they kind of uh, make you feel, make you think about Cloverfield in a certain way, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and also at some point, I think I, I uh, was going to be a guest on Film Schlub's podcast, mm. uh, uh, but uh, that kind of uh, fell apart part this week i think i might be on there soon so i'll i'll let you guys know when i'll be on to review that um but yeah check out that podcast that's great um so yes i think that does it for the rest of my potpourri did you have anything else you want to throw out or yeah i was actually going to mention one thing um so as a as a i i was gonna say a new father i don't think i'm a new (laughs) father of an 18 month old uh yeah, yeah eh, you, you know maybe so uh, movies <laughs> kind of fall off a cliff a little bit for right. me sometimes but uh, TV shows is usually what I kind of find time for so mm-hmm. I've always been a fan of the show New Girl sure and I don't know have you ever watched New Girl I've watched like three or four seasons worth oh um, so you've watched a, a yeah. decent amount yeah, yeah I will say the last episode I saw was I think the last episode of season three with the cruise yeah if you remember yeah, yeah. I I remember thinking that that episode alone was really good. Uh, as a, it could have been a really good setup for a for a complete rom com feature film, right? Um, and I'm I'm whenever a sitcom does that, like gets that response out of me, I instantly love it. So yeah. I like New Girl. Yeah, it's a good show. It it, mm-hmm. it kind of fell off a cliff a little bit, and um, sure. I guess it was the last season where they had a whole big um, romantic will they won't they with with Jess and Nick. Uh, that lost me a little bit, um, mm. but they brought on Damon Wayne's. Am I, am oh, I, David right? Reigns Jr.? Yeah, yeah, as coach. Coach. Uh, that was a really strong move. But this season just started out with a really bad feeling. I remember you mentioning that yeah. it was weird. I, I uh, checked because I thought maybe a showrunner changed mm-hmm. or there's something that happened on the back end because it just didn't feel right. Okay. And I think what it really was is that um, the character of Jess is just getting very old. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah. Zoe Deschanel, uh, you know, she's she's adorable. Right. <laughs> uh, but it gets old. And they've kind of made her almost a caricature of herself. Mm-hmm. So what was interesting is, I guess, before the season uh, aired, they announced that she was going to miss some episodes because she was pregnant. Right. And that Megan Fox would be filling in. Right. And when I heard that, my first thought was, Megan Fox. <laughs> With all the people, with all the funny, you know, f- women out there, mm-hmm. you picked Megan Fox. Right. So it was kind of, I was nervous. Even mm-hmm. though the season wasn't going well, I was nervous for that moment where Megan Fox showed up. Sure. And she has been brilliant on that show. Really? Yeah, she's been excellent. And nice. Megan Fox is playing Megan Fox. Mm-hmm. So she's playing a very sarcastic, dead character. Okay. Uh, not dead. That's a weird way to put dead it. Dead inside. Yeah, dead inside. Sure. Yeah. Zombie. No, but a very, like, deadpan character. Deadpan. Okay, yeah, there you there go. there we go. There's I the, thought you were saying that phrase. she just had no life in her. Right, yeah, no. But, yeah, I mean, a very deadpan character. So, I mean, it was something for her that probably was not very challenging. Sure. But it really worked. Nice. And it was nice to see a character on that show that that wasn't, that had a different kind of issue. All the characters have. Mm-hmm. You know, their own little malfunctions that make sure. them who they are. But hers was a little bit more subtle. Okay. So it was really enjoyable. It had a new dynamic in the cast. It made the show feel kind of new. And then just this past week, Zoe Deschanel came back. Uh. And I couldn't believe it, but my thought was, I miss Megan Fox. <laughs> and I never would have thought I would have wow. said that. Yeah. That's so, a shame. 
it's a show worth watching. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it it's consistently a good comedy when I feel like comedies on at least network TV are really lacking at the moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so that Brooklyn Nine-Nine is another one that I think mm-hmm. holds a bar decently high. Um, but I thought it was worth mentioning. Megan Fox actually can do more than just action movies every nice. once in a while. Would you like to see if you... If there was a uh, sitcom that came out starring Megan Fox, a Megan Fox sitcom vehicle that came out, would you would that make you more interested in seeing it based solely on mm-hmm. that? You know, maybe so. Nice. And and that's the thing is before I've always just thought of her as somebody who I think of her as somebody that she's in the Transformer movies, mm-hmm. she's in the Ninja Turtle movies, and, sure. and no disrespect to the Ninja Turtle movies right? Uh, because I do mean some disrespect to the Transformer movies. <laughs> uh, but my my point is that she's not somebody that would ever think, oh, Megan Fox is in this. I'm going to go watch it. Right. But now if I saw, oh, Megan Fox is in a new TV show and maybe it has a comedy element to it, mm-hmm. I, I would be far more tempted to check it out now. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I had kind of a somewhat similar reaction to uh, seeing um, Alicia Cuthbert in yeah. the show Happy Endings, um, which yes. also had Demon Wings Jr. Um, yeah. Short-lived show. It's on Netflix now. Uh, it only ran for three seasons. Um, but, man, it's such a funny show. Uh, definitely check it out on Hulu. But anyway, uh, seeing Alicia Cuthbert in a comedy made me really interested in seeing her in other like sitcoms. Yeah. Um, because really my only context for her or frame of reference for her was um, 24, uh. which is kind of a serious action thriller um and they didn't write for her character that well at all in that show so she kind of got a short shrift in that in that show but seeing her in a sitcom like it really helped me uh or really made me want to see her in more comedies and uh here at the end of the month on netflix there's going to be the new show with uh ashton kutcher the new sitcom with ashton kutcher um uh, uh, Sam Elliott, I think, and mm. uh, Danny Masterson called The oh, Ranch. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. It's basically, I just wa- saw a trailer for it uh, today, I think, or yesterday. Um, it's basically just a, a sitcom where Ashton Kutcher goes back, uh, moves back to his dad's ranch to help him run the ranch or whatever. And Alicia Cuthbert's in it as well. So that mm. seeing Alicia Cuthbert in the trailer made me want to see it a little bit more than uh, the trailer really had any hope to make me feel that way well if you ever so. want to see more of her you could always watch the girl next door that's true it yes was, it was fine nice i yeah. never i never i never saw it i i kind of need to see it. yeah it's not good it's okay. all right <laughs> okay good <laughs> all right well i think that about does it and holy crap i kind of completely forgot to mention this at the top of the episode but you are one of the contributors to obsessive book nerd that's right yeah yes. i have i i am it's been kind of a depressingly long amount of time since i've uh written something yeah. for it um you it know. has been for me too but yeah but I, I think I, I looked the other day that i had written like 30 different reviews or mm-hmm. articles for it so i will get back to it i promise right. i still read yeah yeah i haven't Me forgotten too. how I really want to go through the Dark Tower series again before the movie mm, comes out. Yeah. Before the first movie comes out of it that I can't believe this it's actually happening. Yeah, I know. That's pretty exciting. Oh, so exciting. But um, yeah, so you can find uh, Sam's work on obsessivebooknerd.com. And do you want to give like your Twitter handle and stuff? Do you want to keep that or do you want to keep that private? No, I will I will give my, my Twitter handle. Nice. 
Um, yeah, so the depressing thing is I'm actually pulling it up right now because I really don't know it off the top of my head. But it's uh, at Sam Nelson OBN. Nice. So, you know, feel free to uh, hit me up on that. I'm usually, especially for the next couple of weeks, I'll be very bored at mm-hmm. work. So please hit me up. Nice. I would love to talk to you. Nice. In between coming down and visiting me at my desk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a good chance that if you uh, if you tweet something at me, I'm probably standing next to Matt. So. Yes. Yes. So, so you're talking to both of us. Nice. So yeah. Uh, so thanks for coming on and oh. talking Fuller House and yeah. everything. It's Thank been a you blast. for having me. It's been fun. Yes. Uh, it has been fun. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, next week, this, this whole, the scheduling for the podcast is a little out of whack now. So um, if I remember correctly, I think next week we might be having an extended potpourri or something. I don't know. And I think Mike is going to come back um, in the next week or two um, for, for kind of a special episode. So look out for that. And uh, other than that, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, yeah, s- see you next time. I, we don't have time <laughs> off. It's the worst. Um, thanks for listening, guys. And I love that because it was it was. Um, we'll go back maybe right there. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that because it really showed. <laughs> I'm so confused about what's going on because <laughs> it's not like you're dead stopping no. at it. I don't know what. No. So should I should I just do that whole piece again? No, uh, no, no. You, no. Can, okay. you can do it again. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, at the end, yeah. where you yeah. said, um... "Thank you for listening to the Obsessive Viewer," presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find more of our episodes at ovpodcast.com, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast app. The Obsessive Viewer's theme song is An Eclipse of Events and is provided by Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. You can find that and more great music from them on iTunes and like their Facebook page at facebook.com slash loudlikemusic. Any and all feedback on the podcast is encouraged. You can email the hosts individually at matt, tiny, or mike at obsessiveviewer.com or send an email to the podcast in general at podcast at obsessiveviewer.com. Check out the Obsessive Viewer blog at obsessiveviewer.com where we post movie and TV reviews and the occasional editorial about the business of entertainment. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Obsessive Viewer and follow us on Twitter at Obsessive Viewer, at Obsessive Tiny, and at I am Mike White. If you want more obsessive content in your life, check out our sister site, obsessivebooknerd.com, for book reviews, author spotlights, and a general celebration of reading. Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com and subscribe to the podcast on the podcatcher of your choice. Again, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Be excellent to each other.